You're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. And each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, where we are here and where we are going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have David Leo joining us from Devonport. How are you, David? Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, Tabitha, and happy Monday to our listeners. I'm doing well. Thank you very much, by God's grace. Mm. Yeah, and yourself, how are you doing? I'm well. I'm well, thanks. Um, I had a great weekend. Um, I did have work and, you know, just the usual. I uh, went to church. Um, yeah, and I'm happy to be here and I welcome all our listeners and thank you for joining us this morning and I hope mm. you'll be blessed with what oh. David has prepared for us. Yes, I'm sure we will. I've been enjoying going through the parables and, uh, you know, I feel like we keep stripping, stripping layers off and getting deeper and deeper into, into the gospel message. So it's a, it's a lot of, um, a lot of fun doing that. Mm. Yeah, but today we're going into a, we're going to talk about, Success of the world versus the success that Christ asks us to pursue. So there's these these different different uh, contrasting things we're doing as Jesus does in his parables. So I wanted to ask you, Tabitha, mm-hmm. what? Hmm, maybe okay, <laughs> it's going to be a bit tricky. Okay, I'm not going to ask you what what your what your definition of success is now. But what was your definition of success? Growing up and possibly maybe in your late teens, you came to an understanding of what success is. Mm. Can you remember what what the measure of success was for you back then? Yeah. um, So I used to feel or to think that success is having a lot of money, having a good house, having a great job and just, you know, um, having so many like a lot of investments, just being able oh, to wow. have enough money to buy whatever you want to live a comfortable life. Mm. And I used to admire like women who be dressed in um like formal, very smart, um classy elegant elegant I'd, clothes. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Outfits and um, you know, carrying these um branded handbags and, you know, wearing these well branded clothes um yeah Yeah. so i always like wanted to be you know when you say when i grow up i want to be like so and so (laughs) so that's how i used to picture myself like being successful in future i'm just i'm just thinking as you're talking because when i was in my teens Mm -hmm. we we didn't have social media you know because that that was 20 about 20 23 25 years ago when i was in my in my late teens Mm -hmm. and uh but there were there was TV, there was video, there was music on the radio. You know, there um, so those people you say you look up to. You know, you, you you look at certain people and you say, man, I want to be like that. That's the measure of success, right? And I and I and I've I've since learned when I was about thirteen, fourteen. There's a team in New Zealand, a rugby team. It's our national team. It's called All Blacks, right? And they had some uh, they had some amazing players. Mm-hmm. And I used to have posters in my room of these players. And in my room, uh, probably before I went to sleep, I'd go through this imagination, you know, just visualizing me on the field and people cheering for me and being in the lights and wearing the all black uniform, you know. And so that my 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 understanding of success from a very young age was all these things, and I could imagine it, you know. It was 
it was huge. Mm. You know, so I've never been an All Black. So you know, like, uh, does that mean uh, you know success is out of my out of reach now? But you know, it's a, when you look back into those times, you kind of wonder to yourself, you know, how how did the who sold us that idea of success? You know, mm, like, good question. We, Actually, I've we, never thought of that. Yeah, well, is I, it I, media? I've, is it society? Oh, <laughs> you know, well, not only that, you know, um, mm. and, and these aren't you know these aren't generally these aren't all bad things. You know, mm. I, I remember uh, growing up, they said education is really important. And I used to, it was very important for me as a little kid to get that golden star put at the end of my, you know, my list at the end of the week to say, you've been a good boy this week, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, I want to get that golden star, you know. And uh, we're, we're conditioned to understand that education, uh, work, sport, whatever it is that we, when we peak at that, we're living a successful life. Mm. Now, when, when we're at the parable we're going to read, Jesus uses this interesting line that we're not going to explore straight away, but he, we're going to look at it um, later on in, in, in our discussion uh, discussion today. But uh, it, it, it makes us look twice at what's your definition of success, hmm. you know. And even with all our listeners listening now, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps perhaps every now and then we have flashbacks and go, "Oh man, I haven't achieved this, and I haven't ticked this box, and I haven't ticked that box." You know, and, and we've got to ask ourselves, how did we get to that point where the measure of success is judged by these things that we just talked about? You mm. know, how, do, how do we get there? And those things can drive some people nuts, you know, like uh, when you drive for these goals and don't get there, mm-hmm. wow, you know, it can, get, it can get pretty crazy. But if we could, if we could turn to where we're going with our, our Bible text, our passage, Mm-hmm. It's it's found in Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, Twelve verses thirteen to twenty-one. Thank you, Tabitha. Yes, that's right. And we mm-hmm. are we there? Yes, we're mm-hmm. there. Yep. Well, let me say a prayer really quickly before you you read for us, Tabitha. Okay. Thank you. Fa- <clears throat> yes, Father in heaven, we're about to hear your words. Another parable. Your parables are amazing. I pray, Lord, that we could uh, learn. And here, a teaching that's specifically uh, tailored just for us personally, that we'll be willing to uh, trust and obey your voice. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And before I read, I just quickly want to remind our listeners that if you missed last week's episode, um, David had a very interesting presentation on the parable of the ten virgins. And um, David mentioned that um, Mm. it's important to be prepared and even when you feel like you haven't got what you need, you know, to keep you going, then we have spare oil, which is the Holy Spirit. And it's, the Holy Spirit is given freely to us. In case you missed that presentation, uh, you can catch up through the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website, which you you can download the app from the App Store. And our show number is 488 Um Text us any comments any feedback, any questions that you may have, and we'll be able to respond to them um, as soon as we can. And um, just, um, yeah, I'll quickly read the this passage from Luke 12, verse 13 to 21. Mm. And I'm reading from the NIV version, New International <clears throat> Version, um, the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator 
Abita, between you. Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my burnt and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Mm -hmm. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Yeah, so it's interesting how this parable is packed. You know, just just before this man asked asked uh, Jesus, teacher, can you tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me? Mm. It's actually followed by Jesus warning people that if you follow me, you'll be brought before the authorities. And don't worry, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say, you know, that when when you are challenged by the authorities. And for some reason, this man was listening to Jesus giving warnings and encouragement. And the thought that came to his mind was, "Oh, Jesus! Jesus can take care of my family matters that I'm uh, <laughs> that I'm having problems with." <laughs> and he calls out to Jesus, "Jesus, can you sort out? Can you tell my brother divide the inheritance with me?" Now we, we've learned too from another parable, the parable of the the, the lost son or the prodigal son. More, you know, I, I said it's more of a prodigal father. It's a father that spent so much on uh, so much grace and love, but there's a inheritance that's split between the two of them. Now, according to the Bible and its laws, the older brother, or the firstborn, mm-hmm. he gets double the portion of any other brother to continue the, you know, the legacy of the father or the continuation of the family name. Mm. <clears throat> so he gets double the portion. I dare say that this brother is a younger brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something's come up with the family, and he's called out. So Jesus, uh, can you ask my brother, I need... He needs to split the inheritance with me because he gets double when I get the, you know, at least half. So I, I need to get something from that double that he's got. And the response from Jesus is fascinating. He doesn't, he doesn't say to him, oh, y'all yeah, come sort out your, your issues. He shoots straight for the heart and he says, I know what your issue is. You're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, and then he tells this parable and, uh, yeah, and, and then we work out, wow, Jesus going straight for the, he doesn't deal with the symptoms he's going to deal with the actual disease you know and that's the way Jesus works and I love it and um, yeah I can't wait to break this down after after our first song <clears throat> yes for sure and we'd like to hear from our listeners um, what do you define as successful living it doesn't have to be your current definition it can be your past definition maybe mm. that has changed maybe this is something you'd like to share in that perception that you had previously or currently um let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. what do you define as successful living our first song is treasures unseen by the forbes family
Treasures Unseen by Forbes Family. And you're listening to Tazi Encounters with David Leo. And uh, David is talking about the rich fool. Um, that is from the book of Luke 12, verses 13 to 21. And just to remind our listeners to text in what they define or what you define as successful living. What is success? What is your definition of success? Um, It could be... um. And I, how you define success now or previously, just for maybe for some reason, you just you feel like um, you know it's something you'd like to share with us. Please text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we have a free book of it's called the Giving Equation, and it's to do with uh, it's talking about working out your relationship with God and money, and that mm-hmm. is by Ken Long. And we'll give you more information a bit later about that book. Um, so, David, in the previous section, you introduced um, this parable to us, and it's the parable of the rich fool. And you mentioned um, about how Jesus responded to this man <laughs> who asked Jesus to intervene in family matters, and that was to do with possessions. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was talking about or like... Um, Rebuking or talking against greed. Uh, what else would you like to share with us? Well, yeah, yeah. Just, just going from that, I'm just thinking about this right now. You know, like 
in, in this man's heart. And I dare say, you know, he was like, oh, you know, Jesus sounds like a righteous man and a just man. He's going to bring justice in my life. So he asked the question. Good on him for being bold, you know, and being bold and said, I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to ask this man. And the response he gets is, hey, be careful. Be on guard. You know, you can, you're going to be, um, you want to avoid being greedy. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you don't yeah, expect that anyone yeah, in sure. a crowd. <laughs> exactly. You can you can imagine him just sitting there quite you know, just thinking, Oh, I can't wait for this response, you know, I can't wait for Jesus to intervene. Where's your where is your brother? Bring him here. You know, and, and instead he got, Hey, listen, man, uh, you should deal with your heart issues and here to listen to this parable. And the parable, as you read, this man he's got uh, he's got he's got a successful crop. You know, he's like looking around and, and so and it's so good. He's got, his crops are so good that he can't fit it into his storage houses. Mm. Now, tell me, if you imagine that being you, uh, Tabitha, you've got a whole heap of whatever you enjoy growing, you know, whether it's grapes or fijoas, which is my favorite fruit, <laughs> and whatever. But you've got a huge, huge amount of them. They don't fit in your, um, they're not going to fit into the storage houses that you, you have, your shed, whatever. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? I will give, I will share um, wow. I, you know, my mom, she, she does <clears throat> farming, like just for, um, just small based, just for family, grow some food and whatever, when she harvests, um, be it wheat or maize or whatever, um, she gives out some food. Like my mom never sells food. <laughs> she, well, she, she just gives it yeah. out. And yeah, I've just learned that. You just share when you have plenty. You share when you have an abundance. You share, right? That's mm. the that's the understanding. And this parable, Jesus is making it very clear. And and these these people understood that um, understood that concept as well. That you share when you've got abundance, or you share uh, regardless. You know, they, the Jews even had laws that there's certain part of their crops that they just let people eat eat from. You know, when they're walking past and they're hungry, they can grab some weed and eat it as they're going and they had certain rules like that. But the man in this parable that he's telling, <laughs> he's got a huge amount of crops. And instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to share this. And by the way, a shout out to my church members at Deloraine and also Devonport. I love going to visit my church members out there because I just come to say hello and I end up coming back to the car with these plastic bags full of corn, tomatoes, <laughs> grapes. You know, like I'm always bringing something home. You know, when I bring something home, my wife asks a question, did you go visit uh, such and such today? I said, yep, that's from them. You know, like, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I, yeah, I benefit from the sharing as well. They've got plenty, they, they share. And so mm-hmm. these people, they, these people understand that concept, but for some reason they have to question themselves, why is this man not doing that? Hmm. You know, he goes to he goes to such an extreme that he tears down his original storage houses, and then he builds new ones just so they can have a whole a whole heap to store his his uh, his crops. And then he sits back and says, "Now I'm set for life." Yeah, you know? and then Jesus says, "This man's a fool." You know, he might he's gonna he, he will die tonight. What good is his crops now? Who's Who's going to benefit from the crops that he said I'm set for life? You know we don't we don't have the decision to make. We don't we don't uh, have the power to choose when or or how you know our ending comes. But we this word that I wanted to this line that I wanted to that I mentioned earlier that's in the story. It says it says at the very end there it says um, in verse 21 it says this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Whoa. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be rich toward God? 
<laughs> this is this is a very very uh, poignant question, and Jesus provides the answer in the the next uh, passages in Luke twelve. Mm-hmm. But he he basically says in the in the next few verses he basically says, "Hey, um, don't worry about physical things. Don't worry about possessions and all that. Just worry that you trust in in God. Mm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God is is the answer to." to uh, what Jesus is saying, but being rich toward God, what does that look like? It seems like God doesn't want us to worry about worldly possessions. right? He's saying, this guy did the wrong thing. Hmm. He stored up everything. He got greedy. He did all these things. No one benefited from that. Where did this man learn that he was set for life? Where do we learn that we're we're now successful? I want to do a real quick Real, real quick summary <laughs> of the plan of salvation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go back to Genesis in the beginning, right? At creation. Mm-hmm. Genesis 1 and 2, we get the account of creation. Genesis 3, we get introduced to this uh, understanding where uh, the human the human mind and the human nature took a switch, right? And there's three things that are mentioned here. Mm-hmm. The first thing, Eve comes to the tree and the serpent starts speaking to her. We know the serpent to be Satan. And the first thing she sees is, wow, there's this tree. And this is the fruit that we were told not to eat from, according to Genesis 2. Mm-hmm. And and then the, the snake says, oh, you know, it didn't, didn't um, you know, start with a speech. It said, did God really say you can't eat from this tree? And she's engaged in conversation now. She's looking at the tree, looking at the fruit. Yeah. And he says, this is what he said. We can't eat it or touch it lest we die. And then he says, well, if you eat it, you know, you'll be like God's knowing good and evil, mm. right? You will be like God. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, how come, how come not the same as God? So Adam and Eve engage in this tree. And, and the three things that we find here is exactly how First John 2 verse 16 describes um, what what the pleasures of the world is, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this from um, the NLT version. The NLT version gives us a pretty good understanding of um, these issues that we face now on a day to day basis. And it says this: For oh, I'll read 15 and 16. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not lo- have the love of the Father in you. Verse 16, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Three things. Three things that Adam and Eve uh, fell to the temptation right in Genesis 3. They could see the eyes, like, wow, that's nice for the eyes. They could see that they'll possess power and position, and and it was a physical craving. And these are all the things that we suffer now. Jesus Christ comes thousands of years later and he goes to the stories told in Matthew 4 and also Luke 4 where Satan comes to tempt him the same way he tried to tempt Adam, Adam and Eve, right? And he says, you know, you're hungry. You've been, you haven't eaten for 40 days. Turn these stones into bread. There's the physical hunger. There's the physical craving. There's the, the eyes. It's like, man, if I, if I take this, you know, if you're the son of God, prove yourself. Jesus doesn't eat it, and he beats him. He says, man shall not live by bread alone. So he he counters Jesus with the word of God, saying, I'll stand on the word of God. And the second part, if you're the son of God, then throw yourself off this cliff. 
He quotes the Bible. Satan quotes the Bible to Jesus. Jesus corrects him. He says, no, you shouldn't tempt God. So he wins again by using scripture. Third time, Jesus says, I'll give you all this. Uh, Satan says to Jesus, I'll give you all this world if you will worship me. Same thing. That, that, that understanding of you will be like God's, that understanding of position and power, you know. And Satan and, and um, Satan loses again. Third time he loses. And, and Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. And he wins the battle, not just for Adam and Eve, but all of us, all of us that suffer these three things. Another Bible version of First John 2, um, 16 says, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those three things. Jesus beats it, and then he says to each and every one of us, this is a, what I want you to understand. I want you to understand this because um, you need to you need to see that the success of the world is not achieving those three things. The success that I want you to have is that you don't need those three things to know that you are loved and that you are my child, that, that I died on the cross and rose on the cross and I promised to come back again for you. All those things are not going to validate that. You're already validated. You're already successful because I have granted you my success. Anything that's a bonus, well then praise God. You know, if you become successful in your career and you become successful in making money and you become successful in all those things, but you've put the horse before the cart that you've made your life dedicated to God and you've, everything that you value is based on what God has done and is to you, then Man, you've got things, you've got things right. That's success. Mm. And whether you've got nothing, whether you're like Paul who died with nothing, you know, and he could have been a successful Pharisee. He could have been popular and reputable, could have made money out of the Roman, Roman pockets, but he chose Jesus and he, he died with nothing. But in the eyes of Jesus, that son of mine is successful. Mm. So he looks at us and says, Hey, worldly success doesn't mean anything to me. What, what everything, Everything that I am and I have done is for you to understand that I love you and that you, you've you always been my child and anything you think or believe about yourself right now has no merit in the world that I live in. Mm. Success is this, that you can sit there and say, wow, I am beloved. I, I, don't, feel like I, de- I don't feel like I deserve it, but I am. And when you, when you get to that point where you, <laughs> Will you believe that? And you can challenge that every day because every single day those three things, they come at us hard and fast and we've got to sit there and say, no, I, I refuse to believe that. I, I choose to believe that I am loved by God. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that's the success. That's, that's the heart that Jesus is chasing. Mm. But we'll get into more in the next segment. <clears throat> Indeed. Um, let us know what do you consider to be successful living what do you have or that you feel you're living a success that makes you feel you're living a successful life or what are you walking towards to make sure that you are actually living a successful life or like what are you aiming what's what is it that you're walking towards to actually feel mm. like you're living a successful life um let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one 
you don't have to feel like you're right. Just let us know what you feel. And maybe by the end of this um, presentation, you have a different view. But just let us know. Like, we'd like to know what you have in mind. And just um, our free, we have a free book offer. It's called The Giving Equation. And I'll give you more information in the next section. Um, let's listen to this song, Don't Waste Your Life by Jenny Owens. I've been trying to make a living But I haven't got a life Chasing dreams with tunnel vision I'm running out of time Somewhere I lost what I've been missing I look but never find I never find No Stop long enough to pray for wisdom And I waited for an answer Opened up my heart to listen What is it I'm here for? And in the noise of all my questions I finally heard a whisper A still small whisper Don't waste your life Wishing, hoping, waiting for a better day be a shame Shine, shine your light Bigger, brighter For the whole world to see Play your part in history Don't waste your life So I'm making this my mission Oh, I made up my mind Even I can make a difference story at a time When I forget what I've been given I can always find A lesson in these lines Don't waste your life Wishing, hoping, waiting for a better day It would be a crying shame Shine your light Bigger, brighter For the whole world to see We'll play a part in history So don't waste your life Ooh, yeah. Don't waste your life And every choice that you make And every chance that you take don't waste your life And every prayer that you pray And every I love you that you say Don't waste your life And when you're falling, yourself afraid Just repeat this simple phrase Don't waste your life wishing for a better day Trust me, that would be a shame Shine, shine your light Bigger, brighter For the whole world to see I'll play a part in history 
That was Don't Waste Your Life by Jenny Owens. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Leo. And David is presenting on the topic of the rich fool from Luke 12, 13 to 21. And we still encourage our listeners to let us know what they think or let us know what you think um, success is. What do you consider to be success, to be a successful life? Um, let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, David, in the previous section, you talked about three things that God doesn't consider to be a success or does not approve of, and that is the craving of physical pleasure, craving for everything we see, and taking pride in our own achievements and possessions. And at the start, you, I remember, David, you mentioned that. Um, you had this perception about success when you were a teenager um, and that was to do with um you thought um having lots of money and what, what yeah, sport <laughs> being an all black <laughs> oh yeah exactly mm. uh, what, what has that changed would you still consider that to be a successful life uh, like being yeah all black it's yeah yeah it's definitely changed and it's changed because of my understanding of what the Bible has taught me and who, who Jesus Christ has told me who I am as a person. Um, you know, in, in the, in the Bible, it talks about, uh, there's these two texts, that, well, maybe three. I'm going to go three, right? And John 17, three is the first one. Now, this is eternal life to know God and his only son, Christ Jesus. Hmm. That's a, that's a funny formula, you know, to know, to know Christ, that means if eternal life is to know God and, and His Son Jesus Christ, then the other way of saying this is to know Jesus Christ is to have eternal life. Hmm. That's another way of saying it. You know, to know God and Jesus Christ is to is to have eternal life. The other one says um, uh, in John uh, fourteen six, um, "I am the way, <clears throat> the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." So, getting to know Jesus is also to know the way to live life. It's also to understand the truth. And Jesus also said, that you, shall, you, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You know, so when you're caught up, when you're, when you're, when you've been bound up by these, by these, um, by the thoughts of understanding what a successful life is, man, they can really hold you down, not to, to a point that you feel like you've got to keep, you've got to keep upping yourself to stay successful. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I'm not sure if all the listeners know, but I used to, when I was 15, we started a band in high school. We used to play hip hop and reggae. And the way the crowd responded, it made me feel really good. It's like, man, look at the music we're making, the things that we're saying, they're responding, they're jumping up and down in there. You know, like, woo, you know, this, uh, I want to be a superstar. You know, if I, if I can get more people in the room mm-hmm. responding to the way that we're doing things, wow, this is going to make us, this is going to make me so happy. You know, life is going to be so good. But we have these Bible verses, and then there's there's this Bible verse in Jeremiah nine verse twenty three and twenty four, and it says along the lines, it says, "Don't let the um, the the wealthy man boast about his riches. Don't let the strong man boast about his strength. Don't let the wise man boast about his wisdom. his wisdom. Hmm. But let them boast about this that they know and understand me. So this this knowing thing, this Knowing and understanding God. If we were to break that down, when you know and understand somebody intimately, and, and you know that, that John seventeen three verse that I referred to, uh, this mm-hmm. is eternal life to know God and His only Son Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> this is actually a reference. This is a this is a word that goes back to Genesis four verse one, where um, the Bible says that Adam knew his wife Eve and bore son Cain. Right. So, and this knowing is not just a sexual relationship. It is holistic. It's they know everything about them mentally. They know everything about them emotionally. They are bound to this person that. They know things about each other so well. You know, when you become a married couple, you can finish each other's sentences, you know, because you've been together for such a long time. You know, you know each other inside out. And so what this, what these verses are telling us is the success, that thing that Jesus says at the very end, you know, um, to be rich towards God, it basically means how much do you know me? How well do you know who I am? Get to know me on a really intimate level, and that's what it means to be rich toward God. So, what the, what does success look like to me now? I measure it by this. This is a this is the thought uh, thought pattern that I go go by. <clears throat> if I was to die, my kids, I want my kids to say, "My dad was a good man. They spent a lot of time with us, and taught us a lot of th- a lot of good things about life. You know, taught us the Bible, and." If they're able to say those words at my funeral, then I, I measure that as that's a success because that means they knew me and I, and they know that I know, know them, you know, like it's, it's such a, it's such a cool thing when we're sitting at the dinner table and, um, you know, just recently I was talking about the birth of our children and we told they've heard the story many times they've heard these stories many times, but we just did it again very recently and they still have that, 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 sparkle in the eye you know oh wow i was i was born that's the story of you know um and each story is very different you know but in each story they realize man i have a i have a father and a mother that loves me Mm. you know like uh uh, this is what happened and i the story i don't remember but they remember Mm. and i love hearing it you know and then we tell them stories about things that happened to them as a kid we tell them stories about um things that were really sad and disappointed and you know and you know my oldest one is 14 and to me i'm like man that's he's he's come of age you know he's starting to say things and and express things that are nearly on uh, i feel like i'm talking to a man sometimes you know i gotta check myself and go hey you're still my boy hey you're still 14 you're still a kid but some of the things he says i'm like man i feel like i'm with an adult right now you know so but but that level of and we've had some amazing conversations in in now since he was a little kid you know so you know, to have to have that type of relationship, if God could boast about that, if we could boast about that too, that we know and understand God, you know, because uh, what what success is, what I measure success is now is <clears throat> how well can I um, duplicate what Jesus did, and what Jesus did everywhere Jesus went. If you you can notice this in the Bible. And this is why I love calling this encounters with Jesus. <laughs> because everybody that encountered Jesus, they felt like they were loved and valued. Hmm. You know, they walked away, whether it was a, a, a nice thing, a kind thing that Jesus said, or whether it was something where he said, you vipers and you brood of, you know, when he, when he rebukes the Pharisees or the leaders or whoever he needs to rebuke, anything he said, it actually made them go, you know what? That that makes me feel valuable. Somebody sees what I'm doing right. Somebody sees what I'm doing wrong, <laughs> you know, and they care, right? And they care. And so, the the value of success for me now is that you know, will my will my kids talk about that like me or for me? You know, will they will they feel 
that way about me when if I was to die? And the other thing is, do people feel valued and loved when when, when I when I'm in their vicinity? You know, that's the that's where I believe success comes from now. And um, the reason why we're offering this book is what you notice in relationships is Jesus says, "Freely you have received, therefore." Give, freely give freely, yeah. and that and, and that, in that giving you start to experience what it means to feel free you know just to oh yeah that's mm-hmm. we don't have to ex- extrapolate on that but yeah it makes me excited just makes me excited talking about it mm. <laughs> <laughs> i can i can feel your excitement <laughs> mm. <laughs> um i encourage our listeners to claim or um, request for this book it's called the giving equation and it's talking about working out your relationship with god and money and it's by ken long um it's logical that if i give a certain amount of money i have less money left to live on right Mm-hmm. That's just simple mathematics, uh, but it's also an equation that makes us many people reluctant to give. Um, the giving equation. Um, this book provides a fresh way of thinking about stewardship, explaining two different mindsets towards our personal finances, the G economy, um, and the me economy. Is the G economy God economy? Mm. Not sure. Yeah, we'll yeah, find yeah, out from yeah, the it book. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read the book. Yeah. Get, get the book and find out. <laughs> get, get the, the book, book and you'll find out. <laughs> and far from causing us to lose out, giving has things to offer us that leads to an abundant life now mm. and for eternity. I'm give, I'll give you the code to claim this book. Uh, but let's listen to this song first. To You Be the Glory by Matt Meha and Carrie Job.
That was To You Be the Glory by Matt Meha and Carrie Job. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with uh, David Leo. And David has been talking about the rich fool, which is found in the book of Luke 12, verses 13 to 21. I promise to give you the code to claim this beautiful book, um, which is The Giving Equation. And it's talking about working out your relationship with God and money. And it's by Ken Long. Um, the code is Encounter 11. Text encounter and number eleven, but together and don't put any space in between. Um, text to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we'll be able to send this beautiful book to you. And I've just realized that I also need a copy <laughs> of this <laughs> book. Yes. Yeah, and David, um, we are sadly we're coming to the end of today's presentation, and yes, you've shared certainly. so passionately, um. um what God defines to as being rich, and it's contrary to what the world perceives mm. um, of riches, or just being rich, or being successful, and it's just simply living a righteous life and giving freely. Um, do you yeah. have more to share on that before we finish off? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the book, um, we're offering this book because for those that haven't really, uh, you know, they don't really understand what it means to. Uh, to give, you know, how do you give yourself in relationships? You know, just just our possessions and our, um, you know, and our money that we have now. When we start learning how to give that away, when you're thinking I don't have enough already, you know, it's actually a, it's actually a, a symbolic practice of what it means to be successful in God's kingdom, which is based on relationships. When I say this, you know, I've, I've said it many times before, and the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two commandments that the whole of the prophets and all the Old Testament so hang on to. It's, it's those two concepts, loving God and loving others, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and when you ask the question, well, you know, some people, and it's getting, it's getting more and more prevalent, you know, uh, people not wanting to engage with other people because we can be comfortable behind our devices and do that kind of thing. But when you engage with people and you start being in relationships to make relationships stronger, the people in relationships have to be willing to give of themselves. What does that mean? That means things that, that we hold on to. You know, like uh, you, you hear my radios. I tell stories and things like that that, um, that, that I, that I want to share because, um, I know that others can relate to this and that someone out there is going to say, Hey, I resonate with that. You know, I can, I, I can, I can understand what that is. And, whether you like it or not, our relationship is already starting, you know, because 
you know, when you share, as we often ask, hey, share, share t- send a text in. <laughs> this is a beginning of what God's asking us to practice, to give of ourselves to one another. When we start learning things like that, and Jesus says, give yourself to me, wow, <laughs> you've had practice now, haven't you? You've understood what it means to not be so uh, possessive and protective and guarding everything that you have and thinking that you've got to keep this forever in case somebody gets a hold of that. And when it comes to relationships, this is my this is my philosophical life Bible verse, Tabitha. I'm about to share with you. Mm-hmm. This is this is the this is the verse of my life, mm-hmm. and it says it's in Second Corinthians four verse eighteen. It says, "So we fix our eyes on things that are not seen, because mm-hmm. the things that are not seen are temporary, but the things that are uh, sorry, we fix our eyes on things that are unseen, because things that are unseen are eternal, but things that are temporary." Are things that are, are, are seen are temporary, hmm. right? So the equation is in, in this Bible text: things that are unseen are for eternity; things that are seen are temporary. Hmm. And so we often have our eyes focused on things that we can see, things that are around us. But God says, invest your time and interest in things that are unseen. What is unseen? You can't see relationships. And when I say that, I mean, let's say, for example, my wife and I are at a shopping center and I'm down aisle 10 and she's down aisle six. If somebody was to walk down both those aisles, they're not going to connect the dots that we're husband and wife until they see us together. Then they can see, oh, okay, I'm going to make, add one plus one, those two are together. But you can't see relationships. Right now, people can't see the relationship that we have with Christ. The Bible says, by their fruits, you shall know them. By their fruits, you shall know them, right? And so when you see people that are alike and families that are alike, you can you know that it's because of the relationship they have with one another. And that's where success lies. And the whole point I've been trying to make here is there's no nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with being successful in your career. There's nothing wrong with being a successful person in sport or school or anything like that. It's when you make that the number one priority and God's not in that picture at all but when you see that God is the be all and end all and those things come as well then we know where to give gratitude Mm. really quickly (laughs) I might have told the story I'm going to tell it again but this is something that God has impressed on my life forever I still remember at um, college when we were graduating they had this uh, they have a thing called awards night (laughs) and the the final award is the the biggest award they they give to students called the student of excellence and they started reading out the criteria of why this person got the, 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 uh, the student of excellence and I remember sitting there and it wasn't based on the marks they got in, in, in class it wasn't based on the achievements of things that they did but they read out things like oh this student was helping out other students and this student will, um, will, will come and see the teachers when things were needed and he helped out here and he did this and at the end of it I was like man this guy this guy's a good guy <laughs> <You know? laughs> this person deserves the student of excellence mm. And when they read out the name and said David Lear, oh. I, was, I was shocked. I was like, what? That's me? And I was trying to add, I was trying to put it together. I was like, oh, this doesn't really make sense to me. I, I can't I can't work this out. But I received the award. And when I received that award, my gratitude was already giving praise to God. Mm. I was like, God, I didn't even see this. You saw this. So I give thanks to you. Mm. You know, so I wasn't, I wasn't, my, my success 
that I had at that time. I wasn't chasing the, the great marks. I wasn't chasing all that stuff. In fact, I wasn't even know. I didn't even know what the criteria was for student of excellence. Mm. I just did what God called me to do. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? And then God said, you know what? Boom, bonus. <laughs> and so I, I, I um, and that award came in very. It came with fifteen hundred dollars, which was very handy Ooh, for the things that yeah, it's for, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's. And that, yeah, and that and that story will always ring with me because that feeling of man, that's a good guy, and then wait, that's me. <laughs> you know, like, so you're a well, good how? guy. <laughs> how 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 does that happen? I I had to spend time after reflecting on those things and going, when did that happen? When did I do this? How the, are they lying? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was an amazing um, amazing thing, and I want to encourage all our listeners: chase what it means to be rich in God. Mm. Hmm. Indeed. Uh, thank you for that powerful sharing, David. And I really thank hope our listeners um, have been blessed with your powerful message. And um, I hope that whatever perception we had, if it's not in line with what, what um, is in the Bible, I hope that will change um, our Amen. perception of successful Amen. living. And um, next week, um, David will be talking about the cunning manager, and that is from Luke 16, verses 1 to 9. Please don't mm. miss out. I'm sure that presentation will be very enriching. And tomorrow we have Peter. Um, Peter will be talking about what to do with doubt, and um, Jason will be hosting that program. And just to remind us, um, the code to use or to use to request uh, this beautiful book called The Giving Equation is Encounter 11. Text Encounter 11. Don't put any space between. Um, text to 048-880-891. We thank you for joining us today. And wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Be blessed. And we're going out with this song called Your Heart by Sydney Wolverton. Sometimes I wonder why I don't find what I look for Searching places that I know I've been before My friends all tell me, Sid, what you look for is already yours The treasure that you seek is waiting right outside your door Jesus, open my door Cause I want the way and I want The treasure of your heart The treasure of your heart Well, life will pick us up and drop us back down again But I'm not scared because tomorrow is in your hands Anyone can find the dirt in someone else's heart Help me be the one to find the gold right from the start now help me start, yeah, yeah Cause I want the way and I want the one I want the sun to shine on me And I can't believe that you're showing me The truth of your love That I'm the treasure of your heart is full of gold These places that I know
Of my love, that you're the treasure of my heart.